0: I had someone ask me if I had ever worked with a hoarder before and while the, I've never worked with a hoarder that is like what is on the TV show Hoarders, um, to that depth of hoarding, but I have worked with people who were, you know, stage two, stage three hoarding, um, where it had been piling up for years and there were paths and, just lots of unused things, lots of things that they were attached, that they just had in the way, maybe they have a shopping addiction or whatever. And as I work with my clients, um, what I always have been able to see through from the beginning is that there's a reason for this. There's a reason that they have this much stuff. There's a reason that they are shopping. There's a reason. And most of the time, every time in my in my experience, I believe that my clients and the people that I know that have lived this life, there is a emotional trauma or a physical trauma, either to them or someone they love that has affected the state of their home and their ability to maintain their belongings. So typically when I go in the home, I can see what it used to be like the original setup of where the furniture was, where the art was on the walls, where it was decorated beautifully. And then all the layers of things that piled up on top of that. Um, A lot of times it's people who have, um, that are crafty or artistic. and then, so that's a definitely going to be creating a lot of different categories of things and a lot of different um, pieces of things. If we are a crafty person, and that can create clutter quickly. I mean, crafts that it does it gets messy, and you have a lot of different categories. So that can be really cluttery, and if it's not kept in control and it's not given boundaries, then it can easily feel like it takes over. I know a lot of crafters that say that their crafting is taking over. It's got, it's already overflowed one room, it's into two, and now it's into the living spaces as well. And this is a, a big frustration for family members. And that's usually when, when the family can't take it anymore. Usually that's when they call in for help because they know it's more than they can handle on their own. So in my experience, when I've worked with people who have these tendencies, there's almost always a trauma either for them or for their, someone that they love and it affected them emotionally and it kept them from being able to keep up with things. And, um, so as we work through the spaces and we get them more organized and tidy and start making decisions about what needs to stay and what isn't going to bring value in this next season of life for them. Um, you know, that it, it becomes a therapy session. It, the conversations come up, they talk through stuff with me. Um, I'm never one to pry into these things, but it just comes up. An item will bring a memory and then they'll have a conversation and it's a beautiful process to work through. And, To see them transform and to see them happily making decisions um, to get rid of things that they wouldn't have done had we not been able to get to that conversation or had we not um, worked through it together. If I had just gone in and made the decisions for them, then they wouldn't have had that healing time in the decluttering process. And that is the part that gets missing a lot of times when we have family members come in and work with people who have hoarding tendencies or who are very cluttered or have been through a trauma, their things are emotional. A lot of times children in foster care um, when they have family members that have you know sold their belongings or they've been you know had to flee from their home, that is a trauma that that is a trauma having to leave everything you've ever known and be um, placed somewhere else. That is a trauma. And so you have to have some healing to get through that trauma well, okay, to be able to um, be healthy. You have to understand and process all of those emotions and those thoughts and those feelings. And when we just do the thing for them and throw out all the old stuff and bring them the new stuff or put them in a new environment. We think that they're going to be okay and they're not. And so I've seen so many times and I've heard from so many family members that they've gone in and they've thrown stuff out and they've tried and they've tried. But the problem is, is that they're not willing to sit there and listen and talk. And honestly, family members often are just not the people that are going to be able to get through to the person who is dealing with these struggles. Because the family member is too close to the situation. Or um, the, the person who has the hoarding tendencies is trying to um, protect that person. Or just not um, I mean honestly they're either trying to keep that person from ever knowing what their childhood was like or what happened in that trauma or they're trying to just keep that relationship from being one that reminds them of the trauma so it's it doesn't mean they don't trust you if they're not letting you in it just means that they're not able to separate the things sometimes the And they want you to continue to be that happy person or that healthy relationship for them. Sometimes that's what it is. So maybe you do need to hire someone from the outside to come in and be there. Someone that is able to not rip out all of the stuff and make the decisions for the person. Because that's not going to give you the solution. They're going to go right back to it and potentially... uh, a lot worse. It'll get worse a lot faster because that's added trauma. And, um, for some people that I've talked to, they have, I've talked to friends or family members of people who have been in the situation. I've not had someone who has been in this situation before, but I absolutely understand the emotions that go into it. Um, If you go in and you make all the decisions for this person with their belongings and they are not allowed to do that, it is extremely violating. It feels as if they've been robbed and stripped naked in front of everyone. That is the emotional violation that happens when you go in and you take someone's things out of their home and out of their, You know, control. They're not able to make those decisions and it adds to the trauma. If someone were to rob you and strip you naked, how would you feel emotionally? You would be, it it would be horrifying. It would be a traumatic situation that would require healing and recovery from, right? That's what's going to happen. You're going to add more trauma to the person if you go in and try and give them a beautiful home without their input they they have to have an input and it is not a fast process a lot of times like i am absolutely amazed at how fast that we've gotten through with some of my clients uh, that we get through these pro- these completely cluttered spaces it is amazing how fast that they work and it, you know, family members, even utility workers that had come by before or contractors that had come in to fix something before and they come back a few weeks later, the difference they see is like, wow, what happened in here? And they are talking about it. And it's really so special to know that I was able to make that, you know, to, to do something that other people noticed. And I mean, I saw the difference. I felt the difference and I was really proud of my clients every time. It's such a beautiful thing, but if you're not willing to work through the traumas to heal the situation and prevent it from being worsened or from uh, returning to the same state, then don't do anything. Don't do anything. Just pray for them. Be a friend to them. Love them. Keep asking them. um, And then give them some options. Like some options. For someone who has been through a trauma. Sometimes the most healing thing that we can do for them. Is to encourage them. And sometimes people who have a lot of things. Would be absolutely willing to share with you. If you need something. So sometimes just giving them. Uh, some suggestions for how they could do it on their own can be very healing to get them started now it's gonna be a long process and it can take years to get to a place where it feels breathable for other people but it's worth the time if the healing is if they're needing to heal from a trauma you cannot rush it you have to take time and sometimes there's going to, you're going to backtrack and you're going to backslide into that shopping addiction again. But some of the things that I would recommend for my clients, if you have friends or family members who are dealing with this, give them some options, share with them some resources that can help them work through those traumas. Um, One of the beautiful things that I know so many people love to give to others and know that what they're giving is something that will benefit someone else. So that's something that I always recommend. Check on your local free groups and see if there's someone who is looking for those exact items right there, or even just putting something on the curb and writing free in sidewalk chalk or a piece of paper and stick a note on the stuff and put it on the curb and say that it's free and watch it disappear. Um, That's so exciting to see that and watching people's faces light up when they stop and they see it and they're like, Oh, I got to get this. This is awesome. I've been looking for something like this, or I know someone who wanted this. I'm going to grab this for my friend. I love that so much and it really does make a difference. Um, the other thing is, you know, maybe they can start returning the things or instead of if you are a person with a shopping addiction, instead of shopping for yourself, Start shopping for someone else. If you maybe if if you have the ability (laughs) to shop for yourself for things that you don't need, then you have the ability to shop for something for someone. Find a family that's in need. Go to the women's shelter for people who are, you know, women who have just moved out of the shelter and they're getting their own apartment for the first time. There's a lot of things that they need. Take them shopping or go shop for them. What a beautiful thing that you can do for them if that is you. And that honestly, that when I had, <laughs> when I was dealing with my own shopping addiction, shopping therapy, I guess is what it was, um, I started shopping for family members instead of for myself. I started shopping for someone else. I was like, oh, I'm going to get this for them. I'm going to get this for them. I don't need anything more in my home, but I, I want to get this and give it to someone else. So that is an easy way to still fulfill that, um, adrenaline or that dopamine hit in the shopping or whatever it is that you're getting from shopping that, um, endorphin release. So man, helping someone else and finding someone else that you can shop for. There's so many women who, um, aren't able to purchase the things that they need for their babies. If you love shopping for babies, that's a great way to do it. Keep shopping, but give it to someone else instead of bringing it home, okay? <laughs> um, if that is you, this is a beautiful, beautiful way to continue to give yourself that shopping therapy, but also heal yourself emotionally and bless others so deeply um, by giving them the things that they actually need and cannot afford. So if that's where you are, Those are some great options. So give those suggestions to your friends. If they do love shopping, give them someone to shop for. Um, Continue to reach out to them. Continue to ask them to go for a walk with you or just sit on the porch or bring over a snack for them or something. If they are a person who is going through some healing um, or that needs to go through some healing and they're just not there yet, they may not be ready to invite you in, but invite them out for a picnic on the lawn or something there's something that you can do. Ask them to go get a milkshake with you. Just get them in your car and drive them through the drive-through and sit and talk for a minute. Sometimes just getting out of the house for a minute gives you gives them a fresh perspective and it gives them you know, a step in the right direction. So I hope that you're able to be that friend for someone and if if you know someone in your life that is going through something like this, be gentle. You cannot be firm with them and push them away. You have to be gentle and delicate with this situation. And if you're not capable of that on your own, then you need to ask for help. Um, So please, please get some help. I would love to be there for you. I would love to, if you wanted to set up some online sessions with me that we can talk through it together and get some ideas going for the space, we can do that easily. You can book that at the sosmom.com That's so easy and it is so beautiful. Um, I love thinking outside the box. I don't want you guys to think that you have to go and buy thousands of dollars worth of things or get all new furniture. That's not what I'm about. I'm about using what you already have, making it work as best you can, and creating a space that gives you that beautiful feeling of comfort and inviting people over, um, being proud of the space that you're in, and that shows off your personality. I don't want you to look like a magazine that, you know, everybody's houses look the same. I don't want you to look that way. I don't want your home to feel that way. I want it to be unique to you and who you are and who your family is and what your life represents. So let's let's schedule that if that's what you need. the so, TheSOSMom.com. I'm here for you. Um, just a phone call away if you need me. I would love to be there to support you, to support your friends, to support those that you love. And help them through a situation if they're stuck. Even if it's not even that bad, you know? Because sometimes it's just a little bit. (laughs) But it feels like it's overwhelming and we can't take it on on our own. And I know when we have little kids and so many other things and people demanding of us. That it feels exhausting. And it feels like we just can't. And I don't want you to feel that way. I want you to be confident and capable of doing this on your own with with the resources that you have at hand. So if that's where you are, reach out. I'm here for you. Um, TheSOSMom.com. I'll see you soon. Bye. Hey friend, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't done it already, make sure you go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for this show so more people can find it. If you want some more behind the scenes and more connection with me, come join the Facebook group at the SOS mom show, and you can email me or call 980-389-0399 and email at hello at the SOSMom.com. I'm waiting for you. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. Did I say it right?